This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Chuck, how you doing today? What's new? Well, boys, I'm fine. How are you guys today? Doing well. Got a basketball game tomorrow. How you got a good Tennessee team coming in and... I think they're going to be a little bit. Uh, they're going to be a little bit ticked off after uh, laying an egg against A and M. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, uh, to tell you the truth, I wish Tennessee had gone down there and won that game, but uh, they didn't. And A and M played well. And Arkansas has got to play Tennessee when they're ticked off, and they still got to go down there at A and M too. So they may get a double dose. Chuck, we, we saw this team. We we had a bye week, uh, and, and then they came out and played well against Georgia. Now I believe it's three games and six nights. Uh, and so it's it's kind of a this, – this is kind of like the last little stretch that's really important right here. These three games and six days are going to be tough. It's a quick turnaround. Uh, tomorrow night in Fayetteville, travel Friday, uh, play at Starkville, come back, travel Monday play Tuesday night at Texas A&M and I mean that's uh you know you think about it you got eight games left in the regular season that's uh nearly half of them right there over the next six days so two of them are on the road uh, you just you just got to go out and uh, I mean it sounds cliche-ish but I mean you've you, you've just got to go out and as we discussed the other night or the uh, last week I guess when we were on here I mean you got to get to the under 16 timeout against Tennessee and then you got to get to the under 12 and, and, and so on as, as the games progress. And um, Tennessee will be hopping mad, I'm sure. But, you know, you don't concede anything. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I look at Tennessee, and I thought at the start of the conference season, I thought <laughs> these guys, you know, they're, they're, they're good enough to go maybe 16-2. and two. Uh, it hasn't worked out quite like that for them, but uh, that's a that's a really good team, though, for sure. That's the thing I take away from Saturday because I, I really don't know what to think about takeaways sometimes from, from this year's team because game to game, things change. The lineup totally changes, and guys who, you know, sat get in there and have great games like Al Ellis. But getting Devo back, um, I mean, it's naive to just put it in the terms of it helps, but, man, I mean, it really does help, and he played with some energy and, you know, we, we, we've been, like, looking for turning points in a season for the last two months. I'm not going to say that his return is a turning point, but it helps. Well, it, it certainly helped on defense, that's for sure. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I thought Arkansas played really well in the first half. I thought they shot the ball well in the second half. I thought offensively they attacked their zone uh, really well. This is as good an Arkansas team against the zone as I've seen in a long time. I mean, a long time. They, uh, um, they're not bothered by zone at all. They turned it over a little bit, but it was almost like if they didn't turn it over, they were going to score. They had seven turnovers in the second half, which is too many, but they shot 74%. So, I mean, it really was. If they didn't give it away, they scored. Um, Devo helps. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not so much always the numbers. Sometimes it's presence. Um, the thing that I thought Arkansas was able to do, and they're not going to be able to do this against Tennessee, uh, but the thing I thought they were able to do was put Devo and Ellis, sometimes guarding their 6'8", 4 guy, Abdur Rahim. And 
Abdul Rahim is a he's a finesse six eight, and Georgia was not a very potent team inside. I think that's part of the reason we saw Mitchell and Graham play the way they did. And it's um, I, I I thought that was a real contributing factor in the game. They're not going to be able to do that against Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's bigger. Um, they're not going to be able to do it against Mississippi State because if you did that, you'd have 6-4 matched up against 6-10, which they're not going to do. So um, every game's about matchups, but in this game, uh, Devo was able to do some things on the defensive end that I thought really helped him a lot. Yeah, I've been so impressed with with our bigs as far as Mitchell. I know he's older; he's he's twenty four year old, but but he's been playing pl- playing well since conference play. Chuck, I I, I want to ask you about Devo uh, as it concerns like the the Tennessee Volunteers as far as Ziegler because I think he's just as good as a point guard there is in, in the SEC. And then number three, they have their score uh, Dalton. If who who would you kind of lean to put? Uh, Devo on would you want him on their point guard on Ziggler or, or or would you want him on on their score on number three? Well, it's uh, Tennessee's a difficult matchup. I, I'm I'm not sure how they're going to end up matching up. I um, you know you could put Devo on the point, but I'll tell you I'm not sure you're not going to maybe need him at a at a at a different spot. Uh-huh. I'm just not sure exactly how they'll. I would tend to think Devo would probably match up with uh, you know a, a, a two or a three as opposed to a um, to a point guy. Um, I mean Tennessee, you know you've got Ziegler, but you know Vescovy is a guy that I mean he's a great player. It would not surprise from a physical standpoint. It wouldn't surprise me to see Devo match up with him. Uh, it'll be either Devo or Mark on him. I would I would imagine somebody's got to guard Dalton Connect. And um, then you've got um, Josiah Jordan-James. Somebody's got to guard him. And I don't know, you know, maybe Adu's in there. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're huge. And so I don't know exactly how they're going to match up. Um, but I know that, you know, Devo's, uh, Devo's going to be on their hottest hand or, or at least the guy that they feel like they've got to shut down. Chuck, let's get into the Super Bowl here. Uh, it was a I, I, I'm not going to say I was bored in the first half, but it just, I thought it was terrible to the fourth quarter. Okay. All right. See, I mean, we, we get stuck in the moment of, of, of seeing the way that a game ends. Uh, I, but it was a great ending. Yeah. I'm not saying it made it a bad Super Bowl. I just don't think it was a great game to the fourth quarter. 1919 before it goes into OT. It, it wasn't, I mean, it's two defensive teams. Let's be honest. I mean, Kansas City got there on their defense, and uh, when you, you San Francisco's a defensive team as right, well. But, they, but the, um, a lot of the, think about the casual fans that watch a Super Bowl, you know, the ones that are, that are not watching football every weekend, uh, like some of our, like a lot of our listeners are. They're the ones that are showing, they want points. Matt was entertained by the first half because he's expecting halftime adjustments, and you got exactly that. You know, it reminded me of a couple of football games we played against LSU. One Matt Jones was involved in. It was a terrible game until the end. And the other one was a different time that um, we played LSU and we went three overtimes with them and beat them down there when they were number one. That was not a great game until you got into the fourth quarter. Um, But sometimes that happens. And it's what happens at the end that you remember. I know this. More people watch the Super Bowl than have ever watched any television show in the history of mankind. So um, I think that speaks for itself. 
Who who were some of the players that really shined for you then, Chuck? Uh, besides Christian McCaffrey, and because man, that dude, if he's healthy, I mean he he's the best. He was the best player on the field. I thought him and him and Chris Jones. Well, they're both great players, that's for sure. But you know, Mahomes is. I mean, who didn't think they were going to win the game? I mean, when they got the ball there at well, the end, I mean, it it was a given they were going to come down and score. I'm with you. To your point right there, what did Shanahan say? He goes, we were worried about the third possession in overtime. My yeah. brain went to, you're going to give Mahomes the ball and think you're going to get it back? I mean, the odds are not in your favor there. Well, there's a lot of analytics that people point towards in situations like this. Um, and the rules are different. And I'm not going to fault the 49ers for saying they didn't know the rules because i got to be honest, I didn't know them either. I didn't know that they did that. I didn't know they guaranteed teams' possessions in the playoffs when they didn't do it in the regular season. I had no idea. Um, So I'm not going to fault them for any of their decisions. But I'll say this. If you give Patrick Mahomes the football, (laughs) all he needs is a touchdown. And he's in four-down territory. You know, you're (laughs) knowing that he's got to go. Right? I mean, I just, um, you know, Sometimes you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I know this. If you give Patrick Mahomes, you put him in that situation and you're on the other side, there's a good chance you're about to lose the game. Yeah. You you would have done the same thing with Tom Brady. Well, exact same thing. And and I know we're, we're you know, it, it, as far as it's like, what's the next thing? Do you give Brock Purdy a Dak Prescott type contract? Oh, I don't know. I hadn't really thought that far ahead, to be honest with you. Because then you're uh, going to miss. You, you might. Yeah, not I be able think to... he's a lot more than a game manager. Yeah. I, I mean, Matt, you know this, and 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 he throws that ball into some tight windows now. Uh, now there are some passes that don't look great, but there are some others that really look good. Now, would I give him a Dak Prescott type quarter uh, type contract? No, but I I think you know. Um, I'm not sure I'd give Dak Prescott a Dak Prescott contract, but uh, um, I don't know if I'd give Purdy a contract like that. Well, I kind of I say that uh, Chuck because I actually kind of put them in the same category as players. I think Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are kind of similar. Not the strongest arms; they can wiggle a little bit. Uh, They they can make the throws when they get their feet set. Uh, they're not scared to throw it in there into tight windows, like you said. And and Dak did. Ha- I mean, he, the, Brock Purdy's a baby. I mean, this is only his second year. Well, you know, if you were to put Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy side by side, said, "Hey, let's let's see who can make all the throws." Mm-hmm. Um, Prescott's better. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the results, at the end of the day, uh, key moments. Plays made in key moments, or or screw ups made or avoided in key moments, um, at 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 the least they're equal, and Purdy might be better. But if you were to line them up, say, hey, let's go work out, you'd walk away thinking Dak Prescott's my quarterback. But then when you look at the way it all plays out, it's like, well, I don't know, maybe maybe Purdy, maybe Purdy's the guy to take. It'd be, you know, you try to place him in that team and think, well, what would he do there? And you, you start to learn, and you know this, it's maybe no other sport. Are you more of a product of who you're coached by and who your personnel are on your side of the ball than football? You know, that's a good point. And, and, and I hadn't really thought of it like that. But as you say that, I don't know if you put Brock Purdy on the Cowboys, if the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, right. 
And I don't know if you put Dak Prescott on the 49ers, and they're not. I mean, they might still be in the same place. Might have gotten beat. Probably would have. But if they're the same quarterback, you know, um, neither one of them is a difference maker. Because I don't, I don't, you know, again, I don't think Purdy takes the Cowboys there, and I don't think Prescott necessarily costs the Niners a Super Bowl berth. Yeah. I mean, uh, think of, think about all the quarter- I never thought about that, well, but you're right. I, I don't mean this in a way to, to take away from anybody's greatness that played the position, but a quarterback's got to have somebody that catches the ball, runs a good route, <laughs> gets open, or at least makes a tough catch in tight traffic, you know, and... Baseball, it's much more individual. Basketball, it's more individual. You can just go do it yourself in some cases. You got other teammates, but... Who's better, C.D. Lamb or Debo Samuel? I'm going to take C.D. Lamb. I, I would, too. I would, too. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Chuck, uh, you probably saw the email coming from the athletic department about uh, uh, fan survey and opinions on uh, what they would like to see as far as changes inside Bud Walton Arena. Now, look, this isn't part of a survey. Um, I don't know how scientific it is, but when you read our text line, our McClarty Daniel text line, a lot of listeners are just cautious about any changes inside Bud Walton Arena. Um, I find that interesting because it is a great experience inside the building. It's just, you know, I know and I feel you, you're you on the inside of that building too. You got to have some changes. But a lot of fans, I, I think, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but they just don't want some of the things that they feel make it special taken away. Well, I think the average rank-and-file fan is afraid something's going to be taken away from them and given to somebody who's um, worth a lot more money. I think that's the fear, and I think that I'm going to be very candid here. I, I don't know that the people at the U of A really understand that. Um, they've not explained themselves well enough. I hope they will in terms of what they want to do. Um, there are some infrastructure issues that really really need to be dealt with there um there are issues in terms of the museum um we've got a storied basketball program but you wouldn't know it walking into that museum um we need to update the concourses um you know phil you were over in knoxville tennessee last night i've been there too and you walk up on their concourse and you look at, and Tennessee doesn't have as much to celebrate as we do. But everything they've ever had happen, they celebrate. Men's, women's, doesn't matter. Current players, 
Go look at the murals. Look at the things they have done with their concourse, and then come back home and look at ours. I mean, this is way overdue. Um, I think that people that take an honest look at this do understand that there are things that are way overdue, but there is the fear among the rank-and-file fan that something is about to be taken away from them. And there's a lack of trust there. Um, and I think that, that is, that's an issue. I don't think a questionnaire solves that. I'm going to be honest there. They may be mad at me for saying this, but I don't care. They, they, um, uh, they've not explained this well enough. When they do, if they do, I think that the average Razorback fan will look at this and say, okay, this makes some sense. But unless they do, the reaction is going to continue to be what it is right now, that, hey, we've got a great arena right now. You've told us for 30 years this was the best arena in college sports, and now you tell us that we don't need, you know, that, it, that it's not up to snuff anymore. Um, now, again, they're right. The administration's right. I mean, there are some things that need to be dealt with in a major way. Um, but I don't know that they're not going to have to maybe change their tactic a little bit. Now they convince people. When they do, I think they'll be supported because I do think the plan's solid. I just don't think it's been sold very well. I think one reason why fans feel that way is because of an example of, and it's different things because it wasn't a renovation that happened at Ballmwalker Stadium, but it was a rejiggering of the seating arrangement based upon yeah. donations. I mean, there, some fans felt usurped and some fans didn't come back to the ballpark and they've, then the atmosphere was a little bit different last year. I'll openly admit that. It wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. It's still a fantastic college baseball atmosphere. But I think that's a reason why some fans feel like that, that they feel that they'll be usurped, you know, by somebody with more money in some cases. Everything's compounded by the fact you're not winning. Everything's compounded by that. And um, um, uh, anytime you send out a questionnaire, people... I mean, it's a red flag, man. People get suspicious. The common fan gets suspicious when you start sending out questionnaires. They think something's coming. They think that you are looking for a certain answer um, and that uh, um, regardless of what they say, change is coming. Um, there are people who are very much against this. There are powerful people who are very much against this. There are powerful people who are very much for it. Um, in terms of, you know, what's, what's coming. Um, I can tell you as someone who's been going in there since, I mean, I was there the day they broke ground on it. I've been around a while. Um, there are a lot of changes that need to be made in that building. Um, and most of them, it seems to me, are addressed by what I've seen. But um, I know fans are suspicious of this. I know they are. I talk to them. I don't know if they understand how suspicious fans are. Maybe they do. But um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Change is coming to the building, um, but I don't know exactly what it's going to look like when it does. Hey, Chuck, Phil, Phil brought this up in the first segment uh, about Sidney Moncrief and Corliss Williamson on the on the men's side, uh, both having their, their jerseys up there. And, and I, I don't know about having jerseys retired as much as you have some type of ring of honor. Who's who's a couple players that you think should be should be up there as far as adding some more? We only got two two men's basketball players. Who, who Are there any other guys top of mind? Well, I think that, you know, one of the things before you start 
saying, all right, this guy's got to go up, this guy's got to go up. You've got to develop what your criteria is. Um, you know, when you do go to a lot of buildings that are, you know, basketball is really important, um, and you start seeing those banners, um, you know, you begin to, 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 you know, to understand what their, you know, what the criteria is to get your banner up there. Uh, I've seen guys, and I'm not going to name names, but I've seen banners up at some of the SEC schools, and it's like, are you kidding me? You know, that guy, there's no way he'd get a banner at our place. He's not that good. He shouldn't have a banner at yours. So I think you've got to decide what your criteria is. Um, you know, there's there's a name or two. I mean, how is Todd Day's banner I was going to say there? that. that, how, that is, how, yeah. how, is, how is Todd Day's banner not up there? I mean, uh, you know, Lee Mayberry came back here and he was an assistant coach. How's Lee Mayberry's name not up there in the rafters? Um, we've had some players. Sometimes when you change administrations, it's almost like everything started when the mm-hmm. new guys walk in the door. It's like nothing happened until I got here. And, um, you know, maybe we've had that happen over the years, over the last 30-something years. But... Um, it's um, that's too good a venue, um, and so you know we we, we kind of talk out of both sides of our mouths. We say you know we need new banners. We got to update our museum. There's things that you know we don't do well, but at the same time we don't really think you ought to need to do. You know we don't really think you need to do anything. I mean your survey, most of your people are going to say, well, you know don't do anything. Um, we like it the way it is. But then out of the other side of your mouth is, well, why don't we have more banners? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Um, I don't know, just to be real honest, that the people who really understand the history of our basketball program are involved in this as much as they should be. And I'll just say that. And, and look, it's, it's, it's not just that way here. It's that way in every athletic department in America. Um, they never talk to the people that know the history of the program because new administrations come in and they don't want those people around. And so uh, your history just kind of gets pushed into a back office uh, because the new people don't understand it. It's not that they're bad people. They're good people. They're good at what they do. They just weren't there. And we've had that happen here. Other programs have had it happen here. Um, If you want to... You know, if you want to get a historical perspective on this basketball program, they're going to have to talk to the people who were here from the beginning. And I don't, I don't know that they've done that. Maybe they have. I don't know. You know, one of the things that you talk about criteria. So, how, how would you hand? And this is years down the road. But like a case like Anthony Black had a great year at Arkansas. You know, played in the Sweet Sixteen. He's probably he's on his way to what looks like a fantastic NBA career. One year? Is that enough? You have to have something up there that, that shows all the first-round picks, 100%. If you're a first-round pick, there needs to be a mural, mural up there so people can I won't disagree with when, that. When you, I won't disagree with that. I think, uh, um, I, th- I, think, I think that can be part of your criteria in the modern era. Uh, it would be nice if everyone was a three- or a four-year guy and, you know, you could, you know, uh, equate every banner with a championship. It'd be nice if you could do that, but um, and in some cases you would. But uh, um, hey, here's the bottom line: we've got too much history in our basketball program for it to be ignored. We've got more to celebrate. 
in terms of our basketball history than anybody in the SEC except Kentucky. And there's not enough evidence of our basketball history when you walk in that building. There hasn't been for a long, long time. Um, and I'm glad, frankly, that that part is being addressed. But um, it's really, um, I mean, when you really walk around that place, and if you were around back in the early days, um, really hasn't changed all that much. And uh, in some cases, that's good, and others, not so much. Chuck, always appreciate you stopping All by right. on these Tuesdays, man. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chuck. Be on the call tomorrow night, Arkansas and Tennessee, along with Matt Zimmerman. You can listen to it right here on this very ESPN Arkansas affiliate. 8 o'clock is the tip. Make it 8.02. Great time to spend with your Valentine, right? Watching Arkansas play against Tennessee, at least until the first media timeout when you get to make your decision as to whether or not you stick around for the rest of it. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Well, Dave might still be in his media availability. Uh, we're working on getting Dudley Dawson or Bam. We'll, uh, we'll get him when uh, when he's able to call in on us, or we'll call him. You can do the same now. 877-377-6963 is our McClarty Daniel hotline. Apparently, there's another nickname for, for, for Dudley. C-Man <laughs> texted in. He says, tell Booger hello for me when he comes on. You got to feel, um, you got to be a pretty confident fellow to accept a nickname Booger. That's not McFarland's real name, is it? I don't even know. Can't be. Nobody would ever be actually named Booger. Booger McFarland was he on that Tampa Bay Tampa Two team that won it with um, Derek Brooks and Work Done and Brad Johnson? Was Booger McFarland on that team? I I'm don't know. To, yeah, he might have been. There. He's the only one that I can think of outside of um, um, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, I mean yeah. that's the famous one. Hold on a moment. Now I know why he's named that. Why that? Now I know how he got that nickname. It. <laughs> It must be it, that movie came out when Dudley was in college, so I'm thinking about this in the in these terms. Uh, let's see, we've got we've got Dudley Dawson with us here today. Dudley, which nickname would you like to be referred to while we're doing this interview? Bam or Booger? Say that again, then. We got a text in from Seaman here. He says, "Tell Booger hello for me when he comes on." To me, that means he must yeah. know you, and I want to know. Would you like to be referred well, to as your grandfather named Bam or Booger? Well, my actual grandfather name, the official one, is Bamf. Uh, I'll let you uh, go what you think through what you think that is, but the official name is Bamf. But uh, since the the young, uh, you know, the, the, they're so young, they're going to have to learn Bam first. So, but Booger, I, I, I enjoyed being called Booger back in the day. How exactly? How exactly I've did been, you get that nickname? I've been called it uh, by every uh, SEC fan base. 
Booger was the character in Revenge of the Nerds, mm-hmm. uh, whose real name was Dudley Dawson. Uh, I have a friend who is a scriptwriter in Hollywood who put my name in the in those movies. I was not happy about it at first, but then he wrote me into a, a Baywatch episode. Uh, Jeff, Alt- the actor Jeff Altman showed up as the uh, head of security ahead of Bill Clinton at Baywatch Beach. Uh, and then I thought that was gone, you know, that we'd, uh, we'd, you know, that was, that we were even then, but then he put me in an X-Files, which had to do with a major chicken company in Arkansas, where the, uh, uh, the people were eating humans instead of chicken. And, uh, so I wasn't as happy about that. So I, I've been in three things, three TV series and movies from my friend out there, but have not gotten any royalties. I don't buy it. I think you can belch like Dudley Dawson in the movie, so that must be why you got the name. That's really cool. I had no idea about that stuff. Um, I could do it two hours with you on these movies, but we'll we'll do a little sports instead. Curtis Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong was the actor. <laughs> so what? Uh, anything to report from Dave Van Horn's uh, press availability uh, that you just uh, were in on? You know, no injury news, no pitching news, anything like that. It was more focused on uh, general overall college baseball questions. Uh, uh, several coaches don't like it, and we know Coach Van Horner said this many times. He didn't like the, the draft being so late and, you know, cutting into their time to try to get kids here on campus. Uh, you know, they talked about the NIL and the portal a lot. And then, they, you know, talked a little bit about their teams, uh, Oklahoma State, uh, Oregon State, Michigan, obviously their coaches were all on the uh, the the deal, and they're looking forward to you know playing Arkansas. Obviously, Oregon State and Arkansas 2018 was the last uh, meeting there, and it didn't end well, obviously for Arkansas. Uh, yeah, but there, uh, Michigan is excited about playing Arkansas. That's not been one that uh, has gotten together uh, too much at all. And then Oklahoma State with Josh Holiday. Uh, you know, he talked about basically how they've always had fun in those series, except last year in, uh, in Arlington when it was 18 to 3 or something like that, when uh, Arkansas kind of unloaded on them after TCU unloaded on them. Hey, Dudley, r- real quick, I want to ask you, what, what do you think the, the Razorback baseball team needs to do to be able to get over this hump? To I, I know you got to get a little lucky, and I, and I know we can say, you know, catch the, catch the pop-up that you catch 100 times out of 100. But, but going forward for this year, uh, last year's team was able to win the SEC, share the crown with Florida. Uh, but what, what do you think needs to happen that just, we just need to be a little bit better at uh, if you want to, you know, so, so to speak, cut down the nets in Omaha? Well, not, you know, I'm not breaking any scoop here when I say they have to stay healthy. But if they do stay healthy, then I think the availability of having young pitchers like Gabe Gackle uh, and some of these other guys, uh, are going to, to really help them at the back end of the bullpen, the back end of these, uh, being able to start some of these games, uh, uh, you know, midweek and kind of get a flow going to where they can use all the pitchers instead of being so concentrated on just a few pitchers. And that has been the case and a lot of these times once they get to, uh, you know, in the postseason and certainly to Omaha, they've got to have a fresh staff getting there to be able to, to you know, play the amount of games you have to to win it all once you get into the postseason. Well, you know what it's like with this baseball tournament, and it's probably the same with Arkansas. We saw it two years ago when they kind of just scratched in uh, and, and finished third in the College World Series. It's like the Chiefs, but it's like the whole thing of college baseball. you got to make the tournament, 
And I feel like any team from the SEC, if they make the tournament, probably has a chance to go all the way. Arkansas being at the top of that list. But they'll make the tournament. I mean, you just expect that's going to happen every single year. It's just that's never enough. That's true. It, uh, it comes so close. And obviously that 2018 game was the one we, you know, you focus so much. That maybe that was not the best team they've had go up there, but the closest that they've gotten. And, and I, you know, there are a lot of people who follow college baseball on a regular basis. That's all they do. Who are, you know, lauding Arkansas. And this may be their best chance to win it all. And I think the biggest reason in that is because those three guys that they, uh, you know, are planning on starting on the weekend and then are followed up by, you know, some some pitchers that uh, Major League Baseball wanted but couldn't pay enough money uh, to get. Hey, Dudley, uh, we, we had a topic earlier going on. Corliss Williamson, Sidney Moncrief, the only jerseys hung up there in the rafters. Give me two or three other guys you think that are worthy enough, you know, Arkansas Razorbacks, to, to have their numbers up. And, and I don't mean retired numbers, but, you know, just, just showing respect, showing homage to, 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 to certain guys. Any guys come to top of mind? Yeah, I think you have to include the other two triplets. Uh, uh, Marvin Duff and Ron Brewer, uh, you know, also I think when you look at back at things, if you're going to look at the overall program, and I had the opportunity to write a book on the history of the Arkansas basketball, I think you have to, to throw, throw George Cup and uh, also uh, Martin Terry in there as far as guys who helped elevate the program and what they meant to the program and, you know, when you just look at their sheer stats. Can you shine any light as to why? Like the last time it happened, I think it was, nine or ten years ago I remember um, hosting a small uh, get-together before a women's basketball game in which both Betty Fiscus and Delmonica Delhorny at different times were uh, celebrated and their names were put in the rafters then. I think by then Sydney and, and uh, Corliss were already up there. But I mean, you, can you shine any light as to why this is even a topic right now and it hasn't already happened? Well, I've never shied away from saying stuff and getting in trouble, so I want today. I think that during Jeff Long's tenure here, there was a movement toward it because of the situation with Coach Richardson, which I thought was plenty settled by then. Uh, there were some people who didn't want that to happen. It's far beyond time to happen. They need to get uh, people from each era, from Coach Sutton's era, uh, from Coach Richardson's era. They need to get uh, the jerseys up there. It is ridiculous that the program – with enough success that Arkansas has had, has just those few hanging. I go to all these other places, and it's, they're just inundated with jerseys, retired numbers, all that up there. That's not the case here, and it is BS, has been BS for a long time. Notice we didn't bring up much about this year's basketball team. We're talking more about the great times. So <laughs> what do you have? What do you think yeah. might happen tomorrow? Well, give me a best-case scenario for tomorrow against Tennessee. I think yeah, Arkansas' chances on uh, beating Tennessee probably got hurt when Tennessee lost the other day because they're going to be focused. They're a great basketball team. Dalton Quebec is as good players, uh, you know, if they have going in the SEC right now. I.e. would be awfully hard. I'm not a betting guy, but it would be awfully hard for me to bet against Tennessee. Uh, Arkansas, you know, certainly had a, an inspired effort the other day. Um, I know they're glad that the, the – the uh, game was probably 40 minutes instead of 45 because they might have not finished it. It just hasn't been a poorly constructed team this year. It hadn't worked well. Uh, it hadn't meshed whatever in the locker room. It hadn't, the fans haven't been as, uh, you know, inspired, I guess, from, from the play. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, 
as the as the coach once said, you are what your record says you are, and that's certainly what Arkansas is. I think those are wise words. Appreciate your time, Dudley. Thank you very much. You bet anytime. Thank you, Dudley. Dudley Dawson. Bam. Hogville. Bam. That's right. You say Bam? B-A-M-F? Oh, never mind that. Are you telling me that Dudley Dawson, and I forgot that that's Booger's real name from Revenge of the Nerds, that Dudley Dawson, our very own Bam, is the impetus behind the name that he actually got in the movie? This is... uh this is this is a little bit mind blowing for me right now. It's a good movie name. It's a good screen name right there. Dudley Dawson's good. There's a Matt Jones out there in some movie that's probably not named after you. Hey Matt, by the way, make your plans. Um, Wrigley Field, August 29th and August 31st. You've already bought your tickets. Pearl Jam 2024 tour. Your favorite band and your favorite ballpark. Your boy. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. King of college football talk and morning host on WNSR, uh, 6 to 9, Monday through Friday. Bill, happy uh, Tuesday here in the uh, non-playing portion of the season. And that now counts for the NFL, too. How you doing? Hey, guys. Doing well. Thank you. Did you put much time into watching the Super Bowl as an avowed non-NFL watcher? It was on because I have five boys, and uh, they've their mama now likes football. She didn't like it all these years, me doing this, but she likes it now that they all watch it. So it was on every TV in the house, about 50 TVs, it seems like. I had it on, and I absorbed it through osmosis. But, again, guys, that, that Saturday is what excites me. Is So is the Super Bowl for you then just a Super Bowl of cooking, or do you let everybody fend for yourself since you are also the grill master? No, no, no. We bought a uh, some brisket from a rancher. Some very, very expensive brisket, and uh, we also made some sliders and some, you know, little side dishes and stuff. It was a fun day, guys. Very much fun. Sounds like fun. All right, so I'm reading this story here about this uh, lawsuit that the attorneys general in Tennessee and Virginia, um, you know, have put on the NCAA, and apparently there's a quick injunction that is expected uh, the federal judge says, quote, he will rule in short order, unquote, on a preliminary injunction, which would then bar the NCAA from enforcing any of the rules that apparently Tennessee and Florida State are in trouble for right now. So it's just more of nothing to police, right? <laughs> Didn't want to police it. Until it got completely lawless. You still didn't want to police it. Now you're selectively in wanting to police it it's it's just a big cluster and 
I would assume that the SEC and the Big Ten conversations, guys we've had, will not completely boot out the NCAA, but I think we've got a drastic leadership change coming here in the next year. Probably. Yeah, it's amazing because I saw Sankey's comments about, you know, this isn't this this whole, uh, what's the term, advisory committee is not designed yeah. to replace the NCAA, but so we're thinking, who are they advising? They're advising the NCAA as to how to stay in existence, I think is what is what he's getting at. I do too, and, and they do a good job with the NCAA basketball tournament, and uh, I don't think that will change. There's some talk about that, but I don't think that will change. So we're uh, 18 Michigan Wolverines were in, invited to the combine. I, I do want to stay in the Big Ten, with, and I don't know that if we've had you on since Chip Kelly went to Ohio State. Uh, I, I think Ohio State, in my opinion, Bill, is, is the number one preseason ranked team in the country. Uh, and, and I guess some people could have Georgia there or, or whoever you want. But has right. Ohio State kind of elevated themselves? This their off have they had the best off season or best portal uh, other than Ole Miss? Yes, absolutely. And uh, Georgia would probably be a slight favorite for whatever that means today in February. The continuity would probably be a reason. Ohio State's issue right now would probably be their offensive line. They're not as good as they need to be there, but they're good everywhere else. They're, they're better than good almost everywhere else. It is interesting, though. Will Howard's there to be the quarterback. There, there's no fierce competition. I don't know that Will Howard is Chip Kelly's type QB. I'm not going to preview what may happen there because I'm not sure. I'm I'm unclear there, but that's an interesting combination, those two. It's not I mean it's not a preview. He but likes to Chip Kelly likes to run the ball. You just got, I think, the best running back from Ole Miss, you know, and you get Alabama's center. I know he had some issues snapping the ball, but he still was the starting center at, at for the for Alabama. That's the one right. thing I think Chip Kelly, as much as he spreads it out, he's still a run first type of guy. He is, and Will Howard's a big boy. He's, you know, his, his physical size is kind of like Zach Klein that played there and coordinator there now at A&M. But, but 6'5", 245, they built like oh a goodness. tight end. He's effective when he's running, but I don't think you don't dial up plays where he's a feature runner like Kelly may do. And I don't know if that means they would look some more in the portal or simply adjust to Will Howard for a year. I, that's unclear. Was there any shock for you, um, as somebody who I think understands the inner workings of how of what of what's going on in college football? Any shock at all for you that Chip Kelly took a four million dollar pay cut to take a job in the same league that UCLA is in for a, for a lesser position that still comes with? Hey, I'll be honest about this. He might have gotten fired at UCLA, but I feel like there's probably more pressure on the offensive coordinator at Ohio State than there is on the head coach at UCLA. No doubt. No doubt. And the relationship was toxic. He had been looking around. There were NFL rumors about him. Now, did I know that it was about to be uh, a Buckeye destination for him? I had not heard that last Friday when it hit. That part probably surprised me. That he's leaving, though, as the head coach, and they were going to retain him, 
for this next season? No, that did not surprise me. Uh, I do want to ask you one question about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, have they done enough in this transfer window to to to, to at least jump out of being uh, the last place team in the SEC? I think that's unclear right now. I do because it's an incredibly deep league. Missouri's good. Tennessee's been good here for a couple of years now. Kentucky can be very physical and good. Vanderbilt is godforsaken bad. South Carolina had a very good portal. I think that's unclear. I don't want to be evasive, but I do think that I could probably, as a lawyer, which I'm not, eloquently give the case for Arkansas plus and minus there. I think I think it's unclear. Yeah, I mean, we were one in seven last year. I, I guess your hope is to can, can they be four? And, can they be something close to a four and four in conference play? And and I'm with you. We don't know about the O line. Uh, we we don't know about the quarterback. Uh, where's the speed on the outs? You know, we're, we're, there's still a lot of questions that have to be answered. The the defense. We lost our best linebacker to Ole Miss. Like you said, all these other teams in the SEC got better. Did Arkansas get better in the portal? Yeah, I mean, can we get back to where we can have a chance to be a 4-4 four and four type team in conference play? Well, and here's the other part of the equation. Let's just say you got better. That might not matter. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> relative. relative to what, right? Let's say as a roster, this team would be last year's team. What does that mean against Ole Miss? What does that mean against Alabama? What does that mean against LSU? A&M had a phenomenal run towards the end there of that portal. What does that mean against A&M? And I, I can just throw all the teams out there. What does that mean against Texas? It's, it's going to be tough. Is there a program that you're looking at here so far until the start of the season, but just the way that they're trending that could take a kind of a jump that, that Mizzou did last year, you know, from, to go from six to ten wins and a bowl victory? Is there anybody that's in that position? Like South Carolina basketball? Like Big that's 14? exactly the, the <laughs> other thing I was going to say, like South Carolina basketball. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I can't. No, I can't. I can't pick you one out. Uh, if so, give, can you give me 20 minutes? I get, get my bets in real fast. <laughs> I, I don't know which one that would be. That's true. That's true. Um, well, I mean, so we've got what, – what's next for college football here? So we've got spring ball that starts soon. Um, the portal opens again in May, right? May 1st through the 15th. Um, I believe it's April. Oh, it's, it's April is when it'll come out. All right. Um, you get SEC meetings, I guess, at some point. And wh- what am I missing from what might be on the calendar in these next few weeks? Well, Saban will be at the media days, we're told, in oh. Dallas. That's good, right? Um, hopefully not a whole lot of commotion <laughs> the next couple of weeks. I don't really know. Other than the uh, legal situation with the attorneys general Tennessee and uh, Tennessee and uh, Virginia versus the NCAA, I guess are we kind of waiting? To, are we waiting to see whether or not Florida State or those ACC schools can get out of the the grant of rights? Is that the next thing that we're waiting on? Yeah, and that's going slow. Not, nothing's happening there that's going to stop the presses anytime soon. That that's a that's a slow bleed situation, at least right now. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. 
This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.